Right, brethren, if you will, let's turn to Luke 17. We're going to be in Genesis 19, but I want to look in Luke 17 first. I'm going to save announcements till after, once we're off the, the internet wires. <laughs> that ain't for everybody, that's for us. But, uh, Luke 17, I was thinking, I just got a card in the mail. And uh, talk to Miss Shelby, and I wonder how much she spent on thank you cards over the forty years, or on stamps. A lot, isn't it? A whole lot. I'm thankful for them. Luke seventeen, verse twenty-six. All right, Luke seventeen twenty six, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day, oh, the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. He that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. And one verse. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Turn over to Second Peter chapter 2. Second Peter two verse four. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah. There's Noah first again, isn't it? But saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot. That doesn't mean only Lot. That's justified Lot. Holy Lot. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversations of the wicked. For that righteous man... Dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. If we had just read Genesis 19, as we go through it, I'd like to spend 40, 50 messages in there. There's a whole lot. Oh, it's rich. It's rich. It's rich in judgment. 
There's plenty of warnings, but boy, that's the first time merciful is used in the Scripture. Do you know that? Genesis 19. And what horribleness, what wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah. That's when the Lord was merciful. He chose to be. But if you read Genesis 19 and the accounts before of Lot, the foolish things he did, and the horrible, wicked acts that's there at the end of the, end of the chapter, you'd say there's no way this man is a child of God. But the Lord... God the Holy Ghost moved Peter's finger to write, moved that pen to say Lot was just, he was righteous, he had a righteous soul. This was a godly man. We need to be taught how to judge things, don't we? That's what we need. All right, back in Genesis 19. This is for our instruction. The Lord told us, we'll see here in a couple weeks. It's only one paragraph when the Lord speaks of Lot's wife. And it says, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. That's one paragraph. That's one verse, but that's also one paragraph. Is the gospel in that? You better believe it is. The Lord told us to remember Lot's wife. Well, that, that could be preached and you turn from the Lord and you will be killed right then. And that could also be preached. The second one of his children tries to run to destruction, he will immediately make them like Christ. That's right either way. It's the truth that the principle is the same. We'll look at some comparisons here. <laughs> here in Genesis 19, Lot's sitting in the gates there in Sodom. How did Lot get in Sodom? He was with his uncle Abraham, who God spoke to. They worshipped God together. They had the altar there. That's where God's people was. But this cares of this world, they're under shepherds. <laughs> Those people that's in charge of the, the sheep, they started getting into it. And Lot went to Abraham and said, this can't be. This is, just, this is going to get worse. This is going to fester up. And instead of saying, let me get rid of everything I got, we have the gospel here. I want to be with you. I want to worship God. He said, we've got to do something about this. And Abraham said, well, you pick, if you go left, I'll go right. You go up, I'll go down. Whatever you want. And Lot eyed those well-watered plains. Oh, the choice land. He said, I think I'll take that. And in wisdom, Abraham said, have at it, buddy. Have at it. Go ahead. And he prayed for him. He interceded for him. And Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. Was he in Sodom? Not yet. Not yet. He just kind of started easing that way, didn't he? Well, I, I, I'll go out there a little bit. I'm going to pitch my tent kind of in that direction. But I'm still in the good land. Well, some people say it's about 14 years later. Times have changed and those herds got a little big and he got a little more industrious. Well, now he has a big, fine, fancy townhouse in Sodom. <laughs> we can move into the big city, the metropolitan area. I don't live out in Hicks, out in the sticks. I don't do that stuff. I live in the big city. I can worship God and be in the big city. It'll be fine. Now he's sitting in the gates of Sodom. He's one of the five judges of Sodom. That's what sitting in the gates was, wasn't it? He had been elected. <laughs> He's an elected official. I'm going to change things for the better. I'm going to serve God. I'll just get elected to Congress. I can make everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Just keep sitting in Sodom. That's what that means. But there's also two ways of looking at things, isn't there? That's what Peter was talking about, how his ears were vexed. His soul was vexed. And he sat in that gate staring out. God, what have I got myself into? You ever been stuck 
Have you ever known the Lord, willfully left Him, willfully left His gospel, and then you cannot get out of it? And you look for Him. And your soul is vexed inside of you. And you start losing your hair. And you start going gray real early. I have. And so as in love, I want to tell my brothers and sisters, don't do that. I know what I'm talking about. I love you. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, how can I know if I'm just and righteous and godly like our brother Lot is? God must send a messenger. We're going to see some examples in this text of what not to do. I'll tell you some stuff I did. Don't do what I did. Do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) Don't do what I did. But we'll also see some of the mercifulness of God in this. We'll see some things that are right. We'll kind of have to have a bifocal lens on everything. And that's okay. That's what Henry did, wasn't it? There's a bifocal meaning here. (laughs) I always thought he meant glasses, but I get it. It says in Genesis 19, verse 1, And there came two angels. Who are these two angels? Well, three of them just met with Abraham, didn't they? The Lord was there, and two of his angels had met with Abraham. And we'll see this parallel all the way through. Well, Lot did the same thing that Abraham did. It goes hand in hand. There came two angels to Sodom at even, in the evening. There's not an idle word in the Scriptures. God's messengers, His servants, were put into a wicked land right before it got dark. We are in the last days. I'm not going to be a heretic and go telling people what time and date and all this nonsense. That's silly. We know the season. A thousand years is of a day. Days of a thousand years. The Lord spent six days building this earth and on the seventh He rested. We had 2,000 years to the flood, 2,000 years to Christ coming. It's been 2,000 years, isn't it? We'll see more. We're in the last days. Today might be your last day. Today might be my last day. This may be the last day I stand in this pulpit and preach the gospel in this city. God may rain fire and brimstone down on it. On us personally or on this whole city. I hope He teaches us something this morning. I hope He calls out one of His own. But these servants came at evening and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Where did Abraham sit? Parallels don't always mean the exact same. Abraham sat in the door of his tent, didn't he? This this matriarch, <laughs> this powerful man known throughout, renowned, God's only prophet, the only man God spoke to, he sat in the door of a tent. Where did young, wise Lot sit? In judgment, in the gates of Sodom, didn't he? Moving on up, <laughs> not so. And Lot, seeing them, arose to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you. He saw them coming. And he, he stood up. He saw that's God's servant and I'm going to respect them. And he stood up and he bowed himself down towards the ground. That's what John did in the Isle of Patmos, wasn't it? And he bowed to that angel. And he said, Well, you get up. <laughs> this ain't me. But it took it a little too far, but that's reverence, isn't it? That's reverence. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your way. Oh, spend the night with us. Stay with us. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. And he pressed upon them greatly. Oh, he, he pressed upon them. Like those two that rode, rode to Emmaus. The Lord walked with them, and he hadn't yet revealed himself. 
And he revealed himself in the scriptures to them. He preached to them. And he acted like he's going to keep on walking. And they got to their destination. No, no, come with us. Come with us. What's the desire there? Unity. <laughs> that ain't brain science and that ain't rocket surgery, is it? <laughs> they want to be together. They want to be together. And they turned into him. They went in and entered into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleavened bread and they did eat. You ever bake bread? It takes some effort. You ever made a feast? It takes some effort. Some effort goes into it. Some sacrifice went into this. Just like Abraham did, didn't he? Those three came and he went to Sarah. He said, you go make three measures of meal, a fine meal, and eat it. And then he said, take a calf, tender and good. Top shelf, best we got. That's what they're getting. And he said he took butter and milk in the calf and dressed it and he set it before them. Lot did the same thing, didn't he? Gave his best. Verse 4 says, But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round. They surrounded the house. Both old and young. All the people from every quarter. And they called out, they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. That we may know them. That's to know them as Adam knew his wife. You understand? That's what they wanted to do. What's, what can we learn from that? From the old and new. <laughs> the old and the young. First off, we're all sinners. We come from the womb speaking lies. Those sweet, precious little children we see around them, little precious little babies, they'll cut your throat God took her hand off of them. <laughs> They're sinners or child, children of Adam. Wicked, that's all we are. And young and old. <laughs> Lord said that as in the days of Lot. Prosperity was abounding. Abounding. They planted, they bought, they sold, they gave them out. They was building houses all over. Things were booming, wasn't it? But the young and the old sought to know these handsome servants of God. These were angels that appeared as men. God's creation that had no sin in them. Uh, handsome fellas. Good looking. Good looking fellas. And they wanted to know them. To know them. That seems a little on the nose, Kevin. What do you do? Too bad. That's so. <laughs> I, just, I hate that for you. <laughs> Paul said, as it is written. That means God said it. God wrote it. God preserved it. And I bow to it. That's too rough. I'm sorry. From my childhood, I've wondered about this. I've always thought, why does it say young and old? Why was there young people there and old people there? They're all under sin. I could enter into that. I get that. But why did the old people and young people? Why did the angels at the end of this, they smite them with blindness, great and old? Grown-ups, we can understand, can't we? In this Right now, what's going on downtown? The, the parades and the festivals and people flying in from all over this country to this city. Grown-ups. We understand that, right? But what about the young? <laughs> Those old people we understand. It's been thrown in our faces for decades. It's been thrown in God's face for a long time. But do you think Gill wrote about or Spurgeon wrote about or these men that are dead and old and you can't go talk to about a 10-year-old transitioning? Is that what that is? Telling these young people what to do. As in the days of Lot, 
It's time we quit, we quit sleeping through everything we hear and, and, and feeding ourselves on the smorgasbord that suits our little precious needs and we serve God while it's day. Make hay while the sun's shining. Put your shoulder to the work and quit talking about putting your shoulder to the work. Did Lot say bring the fire and brimstone? Lord, this is wicked. This is the soapbox I'm going to stand on. <laughs> I've been looking out the gate waiting for you. You finally showed up. Burn this place up. <laughs> Is that what he did? He pleaded with those that the Lord took his hand off of. Oh, that I could plead with those two. I could go down downtown and plead with people. And, and you listen to me. And my old dead folks can't tell you this either. Don't be homophobic. <gasps> Don't be. Don't be. This generation needs men in this generation to tell them these things. We need to be taught these things. Sin is wrong. Do not make an excuse for it. It is wrong to sin against God. But we need to not get too high on our horses, looking down our nose at someone that suffers from a different sin that we don't currently suffer from. We need to be careful about that. This sin is against nature. against the natural order of things. But like any sin, what's it, who's it against? Against God. Against God. Does the sodomite need a different blood than Christ's blood for an atonement? Does someone that has a gender reassignment surgery and lives in this world declaring both in word and in deed, no God, you got it wrong, I know better than you. Is that unbelief and warring against God any different than thinking you can do God a favor by learning Hebrew and Greek? I'm going to hang Bible verses all over my home. I'm a good little boy. What's the difference? What's the difference? I knew a fellow, one got on one time, they said, well, your child's a devil worshiper, and this is terrible, blah, 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 blah. Would you be happier if he's a Southern Baptist? Now, let's get down to where the rubber meets the road. Which is it? You outside of Christ or in Him? There ain't, no two, there ain't, there ain't multiple camps. You're either in Christ or you're going to die in your sins. Run to Him. What Does the message change? Run to Him. Come, all the work's done. Bow to Him. Beg Him for me. He delights to show mercy. He delights to show. Then like I said, this is the first time mercy's, mercifulness is mentioned. How did all this come about? Paul wrote to us in Romans 1, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. Bruce, Ar- uh, Bruce article. Oh man, I'm just off. Bruce Crabtree wrote a wonderful article about self. Do they worship? Oh, they worship Mary. Is that bad? Yeah, that's bad. Don't worship Mary. Did the Lord worship her? No. She came to him and said, hey, they're out of wine. He said, what's wrong with you, woman? What are you doing with me? Don't you know I've got to be about my father's My hour's not come yet. Is that wrong? Yeah, it's wrong. What about this one? What if I was on a deserted island all by myself? Would there be pride? Would I worship the creature more than the Creator? Do I serve myself or do I serve God? Oh, well, I'm serving God. Hmm. We're about to see. We're about to see. And, and the sacrifices I, we've made, it ain't nothing. I don't serve God. Oh I, wish, oh, I hope someday I can enter the ministry. I hope someday I could serve God. I do. Because the preaching went away. Because people serve the creature and not the Creator. For this cause, because of that, as goes the pulpit, so goes the pew. For this cause, God gave them over to vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use 
to things which is against nature. Men's doing it. The women did it too. Why? Christ wasn't preached. Christ wasn't exalted. Nobody heard the gospel. That's it. Paul said, Know ye not the unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous. It's so easy for us to look at others, isn't it? Well, they're covetous, but I'm frugal. (laughs) Rubber meeting the road, isn't it? What's the difference? Nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Is that plain? And such were some of you. (laughs) What's that? Hope. (laughs) Hope. That's me. I'm everything. Guilty. Guilty. If I fought against it, I've done it. That's what the Lord says, right? I'm guilty. You guilty? And such were some of you. You're washed. You've been sanctified. You've been set apart. You're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And by His Spirit of our God. Because He saw fit to do so did Lot do? So much can be learned of what to do and what not to do. And you children remember this. The choices that you make can last a lifetime. You can be the Lord's and He'll deliver you out of Sodom, but the scars from you maiming yourself may last till this life's over. It may stick with you. Sometimes that can destroy the testimony of a child of God too. The Lord will shut you up, not use you. That's what happens to Lot. He goes to his sons-in-laws, heads of his daughter's houses, and pleads with them, God's coming. He's going to destroy this city. What, in 40 days? Four hours. And this city will be overthrown. Come, come. And they said, you're mocking us. We don't, we're just fine where we are. I could put that in modern terms too. We have technology here in Sodom. We don't need to go nowhere. We're fine. He mocked them. You're here. You've been here forever. Why should we listen to you? Our testimony can be destroyed too. Verse 6 says, And Lot went out at the door unto them. Here's what he did. And shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. He prayed to them. He used a term I couldn't use. My pastor came and preached in this, in this state 30 some years ago, 25 years ago, and he used some terms I couldn't use. But I hope I could be that endearing. I hope I could be that open and and caring to others. I hope I could bend over backwards and kiss my heels and forsake anything of me or any idea I have apart from the truth of the gospel to endear and, and, and love them to Christ. He said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. We saw fourteen in Luke 14 a couple of weeks ago, that servant, he brought the poor, the main, the halt, the blind of that great supper. The master sent him out. And the Lord said unto his servant, go out into the highways and the hedges. Hedges, what's that? The barriers go out in the fringes of society and compel them to come in. Compel them. Urge them with everything in you. Here's one man standing alone against the city. And he says, I compel you. I plead with you, brethren. I plead with you. Verse 8 says, Now behold, I have two daughters. Oh, man. Which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and you do to them as seems good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. 
for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. They're in my home. They're protected in my house. And I'll bring out my two daughters that's not married yet. They don't know a man. And you do anything you want with them. But leave these two alone. If you don't have children, have you been a child? You walk that through. Sit on that for three days and, and dwell on that. There's two different ways to preach a lot of things, right? And it's right both ways. What's the first thing here? What not to do. What not to do. Why would Lot do such a thing? Boy, it don't make sense to me, does it? How could he do such a thing? We'll see later on in this chapter what his daughters learned, but the longer you separate yourself from the preaching of the gospel, the longer you're out from underneath the preaching of the gospel, the longer you sit and have the gospel preached to you and you don't give a hooey about it and you don't pay attention and you just snooze your way through it, the more like this world you become, the more hardened you are to sin, the more calloused you are and the less you care. And it gets easier as time goes on. It snowballs itself as time goes on. What happens when you're a small child and you disobey mommy and daddy? Oh, you weep and cry. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What happens whenever you're a young adult? Well, I'm kind of sorry. What happens in your late 20s? You'll get over it. You'll be all right. We become callous to sin, don't we? Is that so? Am I lying to you? You can fight it and stick your nose up there at me if you want to, but it's so. I know these things. Paul wrote to us, said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that can happen in this world. That prodigal son, where'd he end up? Eating corn out of a pig trough. Didn't he? How, was, that, was that slowly? Did he get there? Or did he just wake up one morning in a pig trough? No, that was getting out from underneath the preaching of the gospel, walking his own way, being calloused in this world, and the Lord pigeonholed him and hedged him about that mobile fortress to bring him to the fortress. Hedged him about and got him right down the hog trough. And he said, boy, that's my servants in my daddy's house eat better than this. Let this mind be in you, not the mind of this world. That's what not to do. That's what not to do. Well, by... Lot offering this thing to the city of Sodom. How is this something to do? I don't feel like my sacrifice to serve the Lord and His people is much at all when I consider this. What have I given for the gospel? A gospel that costs you nothing is worth nothing. What have I given for the gospel? You imagine your young daughters to protect the Lord's servants. Take them. I've, I've dwelled on that for a couple of days too. I would not tell you to do that for me. <laughs> what, did, what did the Lord's servant say to him? This is a hard saying. Who can enter into it? Is that hard? Importunity. People like big fancy words. <laughs> Importunity. You serious? We're going to serve God. You're going to find out. I, like David. I love him. You're going to find out. I trust him. We're going to find out if you trust him. The Lord's going to prove to you if he's put his love in you. If, if He's made you His servant, made you believe Him, He's going to prove to you that He made you believe Him. God will prove to us that He's worked in us and it's not pretty and it must be His doing. It must be His doing. This is wrong what Lot did. He, he learned this from Sodom. When his daughters enter into Him in that cave, where did they get that from? He had them, had them in Sodom. Willfully, didn't He? How is this something to do? <laughs> 
just after the Lord gave that parable in Luke 14, He said, If any man come to me and hate not his father or his mother and his wife and his children and brethren and sisters, what is that? Well, well mommy, mommy and daddy's saved. Now, they're saved under a hair to heathen gospel that I wouldn't sit underneath, but now they're just God's people. I know they was. Cling to them and apart from God. That's what you're doing. I haven't cut loose like Huntington and Gill and all these old dead folks and Spurs and everybody else and call people out by name and just get it at shoe leather as much as we live right here to us. Because I'm scared to death if I do that, I won't stop. Hear me when I tell you these things. If you don't give up all that stuff and your children and your brethren, that's what Lot did, didn't it? What's, what's gospel worth to you? Take my children. I can enter into, we can enter into that a little bit, can't we? Give my children for the gospel. Give my wife for the gospel. Give everything I got for the gospel. He said, if you don't get, give up your wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. That's the cost of discipleship. That's the terms of surrender, old Barnard said. <laughs> What's it going to cost you? Everything. Because it cost him everything, didn't it? Do we enter into his sufferings or no? Like David said, who have I in heaven? but thee. I don't want to exit this world to, to go see Grandma and Grandpa and, and to go meet Brother Lot and to go to this. I want to go see Christ. I want to see the one that saved me, the one that gave himself for me. What's that worth to you? What's it worth to have a gospel in Humboldt, California? Despise not today of small things. That, that candle, it's on a hill. It's not hid underneath the basket. The Lord's put it here. People go out and Foolishly, they have like Lot. I got my candle. I'm gonna go let my light shine in Sodom. Lord sent out seventy, didn't he? How many places did they go to? Thirty-five. Sent them out two by two. <laughs> he didn't send them out alone. What's that worth to you? He was with Abraham, wasn't he? What was that worth to Lot? Now it's changed. He departed from all that stuff before. Let us hold fast, fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Is the day getting any closer? Is old and young surrounding us? Exhort one another more. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. Come to the feast and eat. Well, I bought some land. I live in a big city. Come to the feast and eat. Well, I got some ox I ain't never seen before, but I bought them. Come to the feast and eat. Well, I'm married. I talked to a man used to. I don't talk to him no more. And every time I start talking to him about the importance of Christ, about giving yourself to him and being knit with his people, and it will help you. <laughs> Sheep are a herd animal. He'd say, oh, 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 my daughter's calling. Oh, I got to pick my daughter up from the airport. Oh, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter. She's older than me, I think. What's wrong with you, <laughs> Hogwash. Dust your feet off. <laughs> Huntington said he was preaching this fellow and he just believed the Lord was working in him and he was agreeable to the gospel and he seemed to treat the gospel and a clergyman came by and took him hunting. They went out duck hunting or something. And he was a clergyman of the Church of England and in parentheses Huntington wrote, Mark that. Mark that. He wasn't of the Church of God. <laughs> and then that man come back and said, well, I think everything you said is wrong. 
I thought so and so said this. It happened, what? So and so said this. Verse 9. And they said, Stand back. <laughs> Lot says, Don't do anything wicked. Take anything I have, but don't take the gospel. Take anything I have, take my life. Kill me and, and, and leave these men alone. Leave God's servants alone. And they said, Stand back. Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn. He will needs be a judge. We know who you are. You can, you ain't you wasn't born here. You came in here to sojourn. You said you was just here for a little bit. You had a tent out there. You used to be up there with Abraham. Then you pitched the tent. Now you're in here. And now you're a judge. And we've elected you. But now you're judging us. Now you're telling me what I'm doing is wrong. You like to be told what you're doing is wrong? Now we will deal worse with thee than with them. You know what we was going to do to them two boys you brought that came in here? We're going to do worse to you, Lot. You opened your mouth. You said something loving. You get <laughs> I can't hardly stand up sometimes. Do you get that? Don't do wicked. I'll do anything you want. Keep the gospel here. Listen to his servants. Bow to God. And they said, We're going to do worse to you than we're going to do to them. That's going the opposite way, isn't it? And they pressed sore upon the man, Lot, and came near to break the door. They're pushing into him, and they're reviling him, and they're biting at him, and they're leaning into him so hard the door's about to give way, and all of them's going to fall into the house. Persecuting him. Persecuted for sacrificing and defending the servants of God. Because, and, or, however you want to look at it. He's got himself willingly into a mess and a half. Didn't he? Did, he, did somebody bend his arm make him go into Sodom? He willfully did it, didn't he? But he's the Lord's. There's no way out for him. He cannot fix this. But he's the Lord's. You are literally backed into a wall and they're about to torture you and execute you. Put your head on a platter just like John the Baptist. There's no way out. But he's the Lord's. Verse 10. But the men put forth their hand. Those two angels, those two servants of God inside that home. They put forth their hand and they pulled Lot into the house with them. And they shut the door. How are we saved? By the right hand of God. The one sitting on His right hand. By His power. By His strength. We'll see again this hand gets a hold of them and takes them out of there. We're saved by the right hand of God. And what does He save us to? He pulls us into His house. You get that? Outside the house and then you go inside the house. He takes His child and brings them into His kingdom. He takes their child and brings them into His house with His people where He is. And shut the door. <laughs> and shut the door. What happened in the, with the ark? Noah was brought in. Because we keep getting Noah and Lot, Noah and Lot, Noah and Lot throughout the Scriptures, right? Noah was brought into the ark. He went in, went in male and female of all the flesh, and God commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. Are we sealed with the promise? Are we sealed by the blood of Christ? He came to us because we were willfully in disobedience. We willfully went and lived in Sodom. And we got elected to local office. 
He sent his messengers to us. He took his right hand of power and got a hold of us. He pulled us into the house. He brought us out. He shut the door. He sealed us in. Verse 11, that's not all. That's salvation. There's also judgment. Verse 11. And they smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, the young ones and the old ones, so that they wearied themselves to find the door. Two places in Scripture this word blindness is used as it is here. The other one's in 2 Kings. When Elisha, they were surrounded by all that king of Syria's chariots and armies and everything else. That boy with him was scared to death. And he said, fear not. And he prayed to the Lord, said, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. God's heavenly host is around. You see that now, boy? When they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite this people, I pray thee with blindness. That same term, blindness, that's a sparkling, it's a dazzling light. What is young people and old people just enthralled with in this world? Whatever shines. Whatever tinkles. I got a shiny new car. I got a shiny new houseboat. I got a shiny new whatever. Shiny new job. Shiny new baby. Blinded. They blinded both small and great that they wearied themselves to find the door. Lord spoke through Isaiah, said, Thou art wearied in greatness of thy way. They're wearied. Apart from the simplicity of Christ. They're looking into everything underneath the sun but Christ. I wish I could quit having word studies and start having a Christ study. Wouldn't that be helpful? Yet saidest thou not, there is no hope. Thou hast found life. Of thine hand, therefore thou wast not grieved. For his people aren't grieved. Those he struck with blindness, those he's allowed their hearts to harden. They're wearied. They can't find the door. (laughs) They're struggling because they can't find the door. He said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. They can't find Christ is what it is. Oh, what a sad thing. At one time the Lord looked at his disciples and said, they said, they're mad at you. He said, let them alone. Every time I read that the Lord departed from a city, oh, doesn't that make you quiver? Don't take him lightly. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I'm the door. By me, if any man enter, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. How are we going to find this door? How is everybody going to find the door? All around this nation is a bunch of wicked, evil men uh, after fifth, filthy lucre. It says, you got to come. you got to do something. Poor little Jesus is just wanting something. No, he ain't. You're going to go through that door the same way Lot did. He's going to yank you in. <laughs> Isn't it? I hope we could find him. I pray the Lord comes to his people in our foolishness, in spite of ourselves, in our wickedness, in our ignorance, in our folly, and everything else and yanks us like a a brand from the burning, like a coal, an ember from the fire, and pulls us to Him, unites us with Him and His people. That's what I pray for. All right. Brother Mike.